Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the afternoon news on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Well, hello there and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. My name is Jalen Nye. Andrew Gross is away today. Another beautiful, I almost want to call it a spring day. I guess we're still classified those winter. A beautiful day in the city of Edmonton and the temperature is still looking great right through the end of the week. Up to about 8, 9 degrees by the end of your work week. A bit of a shortened edition of the show today. Um, the Oilers, your Edmonton Oilers taking on the Senators tonight. So that means City Ford face off show gets underway right here at 5.30. The puck drops at 7 o'clock, so we'll make way for that. Reed Wilkins will be in with a preview of what to expect on the um, the face-off show. On this show this afternoon, a number of different things I want to get to. want to touch on safety around schools. Yes, we had another accident today where an Edmonton boy was struck in a crosswalk by Delton Elementary. want to talk about that. And, you know, Andrew and I touched on a study last week out of Toronto that's saying that that can be the very most dangerous place of a child's day right outside the school. So we'll touch on that. We're going to talk about seniors seniors and driving and should mandatory testing for seniors be scrapped. If you want to get in on that conversation right now, you can do so at the 630 Ched Facebook page. Want to talk about taking babies to a hockey game and want to do this. Want to get an update on some terrifying moments at a high school east of Toronto this morning where a girl wielding two kitchen knives went on a stabbing spree. Global Toronto reporter Mark Carcassol has been covering this story all day. He joins us now. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, first off, can you, can you set, uh, set the scene for us? Uh, Pickering, Ontario, I know where it is, but I'm guessing some of my listeners might not know where Pickering, <laughs> Ontario it is. What time did it happen? What was going on? It was uh, before the morning bell, actually. Police say they got the call around 9.30, so the incident itself probably occurred just a little bit before that. Pickering, by the way, is maybe uh, a half hour's drive, not even with no traffic, just east of Toronto. Uh, and uh, there's a high school here, Dunbarton High School. It's been around for a long time in the town of Pickering. And uh, this morning, uh, what police allege and what students who were here when it happened um, is that a, uh, a girl in one of the younger grades in the school, uh, most people are saying grade 9 at this point, including a lot of the students we speak to, uh, basically went on a, uh, on a rampage inside the school with two knives that they describe as kitchen knives, about 8 inches long. Wow. Uh, it's unclear whether they were brought into the school or some people have speculated that maybe she got them uh, from a class inside the school, perhaps home ec or something like that, uh, and uh, went around and stabbed and slashed multiple people in several parts of the school. Uh, according to what police say, uh, a total of eight people injured. Luckily, all minor injuries. Um, we're obviously not hearing many details about exactly where uh, these fellow students were stabbed, although we heard um, students talk about seeing classmates holding, one classmate holding her neck, uh, another male classmate uh, holding his abdomen, looking like he'd been injured there. Uh, among the eight people injured were actually two teachers uh, wow. who police credit with stopping the attack. They're not saying exactly how, but uh, they say that they managed to restrain this girl until police were able to arrive. Uh, obviously suffered injuries during what would appear to be 
some sort of a scuffle to keep her down, though. Yeah, Mark, that's one of the stories that uh, we keep seeing about this this entire, you know, awful incident is about the actions of a couple of teachers who were able to subdue um, the, the suspect in this case. Are you hearing much more about that from other students who might have witnessed anything? Is the school saying anything? Uh, not at this point, and we've tried to reach out to the teachers who... Um, are out of hospital. I don't even know if they were actually brought to hospital. Uh, they're minor. Only four of the eight injured were actually brought to hospital to be treated for what they suffered. Uh, but the two students, uh, two teachers rather, have gone back home at this point. Uh, I'm expecting we may hear a little more from them tomorrow, but the, uh, the sort of official line from the Durham District School Board was that uh, after a day like today, they, they kind of just wanted to go home. Yeah. Uh, but they, they are okay, and I, while many people might call them a hero today, I don't really think that is sort of the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, appreciative terms that they want lauded on them. I think they would just rather have not had to be in the situation they were in today. And you said the other six injured. Now, it doesn't sound like it's serious. We know how bad those injuries were, and are they? have they been treated, released? Are they in, any of them in hospital? Uh, there were four people taken to hospital. The police characterized all the injuries as, as minor, uh, no life-threatening injuries. So it could have just been that, uh, you know, the four who were taken to hospital, say, might have been stabbed instead of slashed. And okay. they, they would have received a, a deeper wound. But uh, everyone will survive, and, and that's the good news in this. The lockout was lifted, uh, obviously, hours ago, sort of slowly, room by room. Uh, police and school staff were letting uh, students out on the southern part of the school to be reunited with their parents. Uh, and, you know, speaking of parents during the whole thing, I mean, the the shocked look on the faces of parents that were coming back, you know, many of them had just dropped their kids off five minutes earlier and then got calls or texts from their kids telling them, come back, there's apparently a stabbing here at schools in lockdown. Uh, there was a, a, a lot of worry, and this is a school that generally, when you talk to people in the community, hasn't had many problems. And really, working for 10 years now in the Toronto area, I can't say I've ever covered a situation like this. So it was something that was pretty new for everyone. Yeah, and, and I, I'm guessing as, as you rush to the scene as well and, and you find these families waiting and, you know, being reunited with the kids. And I think I saw a couple of uh, stories. One of the young ladies said that she just texted or called her dad and just said, Daddy, and hung up and, and off he came back. So obviously one of those kind of emotional um, reunion, if you can use that word, once, once everyone was back and realizing that their kids were safe, it must have been very powerful to watch. I I can imagine, you know, in their minds, there's that sense of relief from the parents that everything is okay. To watch it, to be honest, there wasn't a lot of hugs and tears from what I could see because of, you know, technology now and (laughs) kids basically can be, if they want to be anyway, plugged into their students or their parents at all times. Many parents that I spoke to outside the school were assured before everything had wrapped up that their kids were safe, their kids were okay and and locked up in a classroom. So uh, many of them were, were... you know, calmed by that. But at first, when they were first notified that they had to come back, uh, you know, there's that obvious sense of panic because it's just something that no one here has ever really dealt with before. It's something you see in the news in other countries and whatnot, but no one's ever really dealt with that here before. And they didn't really know how to deal with it at first. Yeah, I'm guessing, you know, when you think of Pickering, uh, Pickering, Ontario, uh, not really a, a hot spot for news when you think about it. It's, no. you know, a quiet community, and I guess once again shows that it can happen anywhere. Uh, it's 2.13, Mark Carcassel, Global Toronto reporter, joining us uh, on the phone this afternoon talking about what happened at a high school in Toronto uh, early this morning. Now, Mark, um, has yeah, the school hasn't said much, um, 
apparently. When do we expect to hear more from them? I'm curious to know um, if they had a plan in place for, for a situation like this. Uh, they did have a plan in place. That was discussed today. Uh, even students that we spoke to had said that, you know, we've run drills before, uh, for you know, lockout drills for the potential of any sort of attack on or within the school. So you, when you speak to school administrators, they will tell you that, you know, students pretty much pulled it off uh, with flying colors. They did exactly uh, as they had been instructed to in drills. But again, it's, I mean, when we went to school, we all did fire drills, but it was yeah. rare that you ever sort of had a fire at the school. It's one of those drills that I, I'm sure to students feels like a nuisance at the time. Uh, but now they're probably thinking, hey, you know what, that, that came in pretty handy. I'm, I'm glad I knew what to do. Um, as far as the school's operations goes, uh, administrators say that class will be back in session tomorrow, and they're just sort of going to uh, go on about their normal daily lives. No one, no one died. That's the good yeah. news. And uh, they're just going to try to move past this. I'm guessing some social workers brought in to uh, help students, teachers if needed? There will be some, yes. That's what school administration uh, had, had said. So uh, they'll likely be uh, on hand tomorrow for sure. What do we know about uh, the suspect? Not a not a whole not a whole heck of a lot because of the fact that she she's a youth. Um, yeah. She's younger than seventeen, so police can't identify her, and you know wouldn't even go so far as to give her exact grade. I mean, we know that essentially she's in grade nine from talking to students in the school. From what students have told us. Uh, it sounds like she might have been a bit of a loner, uh, might have been picked on from what some are saying. Uh, there was one student who mentioned that she would she would regularly change her name. It seemed uh, every every day she seemed to go by a different name. Um, she would often wear wear wigs. Is I'm just telling you, yeah, yeah. you know, the way students described her to me. She would often wear wigs and uh, a different long dress every day. Um, I don't know necessarily what the significance of that is, but uh, the. One of the students I spoke to just referred to her as very isolated. She didn't seem to have a lot of friends, uh, you know, might have been lonely. And uh, who knows if that is something that played a part in what she allegedly did here. I can tell you that many students we spoke to certainly seem to feel as though that might have played some part in it. All righty, Mark, and we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on, on other news reports, your news, news reports coming out from Pickering, Ontario, over the coming hours. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me. All right, take care now. It's 2.15. Mark Carcassel, Global Toronto reporter, telling us today about what happened in Pickering, Ontario. So about a half an hour from Toronto, where a female student, believed to be 14 years old, was arrested after eight people. Uh, were stabbed. Uh, apparently it happened pretty fast. Uh, two teachers credited with taking the young girl down. She was armed with what uh, is being described as eight-inch long knives. Uh, the school, Dunbarton High School, number one, Stu just texted it and says, oh my goodness, that's my old high school. I went there almost 40 years ago. Um, as you heard Mark talking about, I believe this girl was in grade nine. Uh, no, no serious injuries, thank goodness. Uh, we're still waiting to find out more about the suspect uh, in the case. But again, because of her age, I'm sure we were not going to find out a lot. Uh, students, other students describing her as a loner, um, one who may have been picked on, one who may be, quote, different then all the rest. Um, again, luckily, no one was seriously hurt. Eight people stabbed. Two teachers managed to take this 
young girl down, 14 years old, armed with eight-inch knives. We'll keep you updated as more information becomes available. It's 217. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 221 on this, the uh, 630 Chet Afternoon News. It's Jalen and I flying solo. I know you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, that gross. He, he was just away for a week and, and he's away again today. Well, if you follow him on Twitter, then you might know that, um, well, I, well, I can tell you this because he's, he's mentioned it on Twitter. His daughter's gone into labor, so he has uh, headed down to Calgary uh, to meet his first grandchild. So... When I know something, I'll let you know something. But that's why he isn't here today. Uh, congratulations uh, going out this afternoon to Mo Banga, who beat out 31 other candidates in that by-election to replace uh, Amarjeet Sohi as councillor for Ward 12. Uh, it was just unreal. And I... I Trying to figure out who, if you lived in that, if you live in that ward, and trying to figure out who to vote for and how to go through 31, 32 candidates and 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 pick out, you know, the best person or the person that you want to su- support must have been a pretty big challenge. But Banga collected uh, two thousand three hundred and fifty nine uh, votes. That's just from preliminary results. He uh, served as a police officer, has served as a police officer, still actually is serving as a police officer. 24 years, mostly in Mill, in the Millwoods area. He says now that he's been elected, he is hoping to work in, to work on fostering uh, communications, uh, foster community, uh, foster safer communities rather, and increase transparency on council. Edmonton Catholic School trustee Laura Thebert finished second. Suggests about uh, just over 13,000 voters cast ballots. Now, Mr. Banga, Mo Banga, was on the Ryan Jesperson show this morning. And uh, here's a little bit. Get to knowing, getting getting to know your new city councillor, Mo Banga. Mo Banga, our guest, the victor last night in the Ward 12 by-election. He'll swear in as Edmonton's Ward 12 councillor Friday at 1.30 p.m. We were talking during the break. You had a 45-member ground team helping you out in this election. Who is your team made up of? My team is uh, made up of uh, especially my campaign manager who uh, is a former Edmonton police superintendent. Uh, of course, uh, Chuck McCann. Uh, he was uh, uh, my main uh, main guy to go to, and uh, he, the, uh, of course, w- him and I we do- did not really have too much experience in uh, in political field, but we were uh, able to adjust as the things uh, came along. And then I had a uh, whole bunch of people uh, who are University of Alberta students, the former. Uh, drug abuse resistance education that I uh, taught in uh, two schools in Edmonton in Ward 12. Uh, They were out there to help me along with the parents and uh, all the soccer teams I coached and uh, soccer boards that I've been involved in and uh, also the uh, project in the southeast corner of uh, uh, Edmonton uh, in Ward 12, uh, uh, Pusha 
in the Iver Dent Sports Park on the southeast corner of 50th Street, Anthony Handed Drive. I have to imagine that, that all of these, relatively speaking, young graduates of the D.A.R.E. program and the soccer teams, I mean, that must have gone a long way, I suppose, in people speaking to, to your character and to the impact you've had on the on the community. You mentioned uh, as the, your time as president of a not-for-profit that helped with the, the planning and installation of that $14 million Iver Dent Sports Park. One of the first things you'll be asked to vote on as an Edmonton City Councilor is this $5 million spray park at, at Horlack Park. Any thoughts on that going in, or are you going to have to get yourself up to speed in the next little while? You know, I'm, I'm going to be gathering information. I'm going to be like a sponge, uh, getting all the information soaked in, and uh, then I will uh, comment on those when I have enough knowledge to speak about them. You wrote a letter, an open letter, to Edmonton City Council back in January on the vehicle for hire bylaw. Do you regret that you weren't there to, to vote on the one that was eventually passed? No, it's uh, Edmonton Ward 12 didn't need a representation, and uh, I will always be in favor of getting representing uh, representation from any ward. Uh, it should be included, but again, I was not there to make that de- uh, decision, and uh, I would have liked to be uh, been in there, but uh, uh, whatever has uh, happened happened, and uh, I guess this bylaw is uh, uh, kicking on uh, in on March 1st. And uh, again, we'll see how it unfolds. That's a safe answer. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody knows that you've got a, a BSc in, in engineering physics. You worked in an engineering firm for a short time. We know that right now the province's energy sector is going through a bit of a tough time. It's impacting jobs right here in Edmonton. Will your experience in that field, do you think, enrich your perspective as a counselor as well? That's correct. Uh, when I first moved into um, uh, moved to Canada, 38 years ago, I was, I had a master's degree in physics from India, and then of course I had to struggle to uh, my life, uh, getting uh, working uh, as a laborer, uh, as a roofer, as a pizza delivery person, did everything that I had to do. Then I became uh, a journeyman, uh, sorry, apprentice welder, completed my welding uh, um, apprenticeship and uh, became a journeyman welder. Then I went on to uh, NATE for two years, oil and gas diploma. Then I thought my education was enough, so I went on to uh, GOFA and got my degree in engineering physics. Worked for about pretty close to a year. Um, with a company in downtown Edmonton and uh, eventually I decided that uh, uh, being a police officer is uh, more glamorous and involved in people and I became a police officer. Well, I I can't uh, help but assume that your perspective uh, will also perhaps impact uh, maybe some of the direction that City Council takes on working with immigrants and new Canadians as well. Uh, Mobanga, if I don't cut you loose right now, I'll be in trouble with our news team for sending them late to the headlines. But I want to thank you for kicking off the show with us here in studio, and, and we look forward to seeing the impact that you'll have on Edmonton City Council. Look forward to talking to you again on these airwaves. Thank you to you, your team, and uh, all the listeners. That's Mobanga, the councillor-elect for Edmonton's Ward 12. There you go. He was on with uh, Ryan Jesperson on the Jesperson Show this morning from uh, 9 to noon. He was the first uh, guest right out of the gate. It had been a busy, busy morning for Mr. Banga. Uh, Obviously, he had said, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, and I was listening to the show this morning, he said that that had been his sixth 
interview this morning already. So the new counselor for Ward 12 replacing Amarjeet Sohi. He's going to be sworn in as city councilor on February 26th. That's uh, this Friday at 1.30. Looks like if you're kind of shaking down the numbers here from the most recent ones that I have, that it was Mobangan first, Laura Thiebert in second, Arundup Singh Sandhu third, Irfan Chaudhry in fourth, and Nav Kaur in five. But again, 32 candidates in total running for that position. Mo Banga, the city police officer for the past 24 years, beating everybody out. Uh, he has served in as a police officer, mostly in the Millwoods area. And again, he will be sworn in as Edmonton's newest city councillor on Friday, Friday, February 26th at 1.30 in the afternoon. This is the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on 6.30 Ched, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. <laughs> it is at 2.35. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You can get a hold of us at any time at 630-630. The, te- uh, the phone line here is 496-0063. It's Jay Lynn flying solo. Andrew is off today. Uh, Brendan Graziano joining me in studio this afternoon. Hey, friend. Good afternoon. He's one of our producers here, in case you didn't know that. But uh, we were we were kind of mulling, mulling around different uh, stories, as we do. Every day there's, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds uh, that come across our desk and then trying to pick through and yeah, figure out. Gr- Sifting through the process, doing the process and everything like that. The vetting process, if you will. If that's what you want to call it. Yeah, and this story caught my eye, and and I think it'll be, well, I know, it's going to be of interest to to listeners as well, because the exact same thing happens here. It happens in hockey rinks uh, across North America. It happens in ballparks. It happens in soccer pitches, but... There's a story that um, a mom has taken to Facebook after her baby was hit by a puck at an open practice for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Her name, well, the baby's name, little one, uh, the mom's name actually is Valerie Malosh. The baby's name is Beatrice. So (laughs) she had taken the baby to this this practice uh, at the Bell Centre. The team was soft-tossing souvenir pucks to their young fans after the practice. And this is something that happens All the time, everywhere, every sports organization you could think of. So one of the fans, unfortunately, you know, it hit one of the the, the baby in the head. Now, what they suspect, though, is that some people grabbed at it. It was, you know, bandied about a couple of times before it hit the baby. The baby was knocked unconscious. The baby's a month old. Babies have very soft heads, so, you know, you can see how that happened. She was given CPR on site before being taken to the hospital in critical but stable condition. Apparently, she is going to be okay. She was monitored for a concussion, but is expected to make a full recovery, has now been released from hospital. So mom put this on Facebook. Mom's not really blaming anybody. She's not saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, isn't looking for anything. Uh, the, the the hockey team has apologized, and by them to come back and watch a game in the suite. Oh, and they've even invited to uh, even meet her and her baby in hospital yes. to having their star player PK Subban because uh, visiting. he might have been the one that had had thrown the puck. Exactly. The question is now. I don't know much about 
taking kids to hockey games but or to a practice, but taking a one-month-old to a hockey game, that just doesn't... Say, and I get that there's huge fans out there, but to me, that just seems... Like there's the possibility again. I know people are going to say you can't bubble wrap your kids and you know, all that sort of stuff. It's a freak accident. But would you take your month-old kid to a practice or to a hockey game? Well, it also could have been a situation that maybe they pre-planned it. Okay, we're going to go to the Bell Center. We're going to watch uh, the Habs practice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe she just couldn't find a sitter. And now, kind of like, what do you do? You spend all this money on. Seeing this or going to this event, yeah, but I know to go to a practice as opposed to a game. But at the same time, though, I mean, I, I mean, I've seen, I mean, and I'm sure you've seen toddlers at Mm -hmm. hockey games or toddlers at football games or soccer games or matches, what have you. And like you said, it is a freak accident. And it was, and the worst part too is that it wasn't even a shot. It was just a, it was just kind of a, a toss up the glass. And uh, to my understanding, to your yeah. fans, which is a, which is lovely, exactly, and it, and it and it shows you they're all in the spirit. But to my understanding, and I think we were mentioning this before, was that it was kind of knocked, like it kind of went through the hands of a few different people, and it was knocked into mm-hmm. the child. Mm-hmm. So, my question, not necessarily would be whether or not you should bring a toddler to a game. But whether or not there should be a little bit more civility when it comes to receiving some sort of um, a souvenir from a from a game, you, you can't you can't regulate that though. No, you can't, you can't re- regulate civility. Unfortunately, especially when you know if if PK Subban, if you're at a if you're a Canadiens fan and he's tossing a puck, people are going to go crazy for something like that. I've seen people punch each other out at concerts. Just for drumsticks, you know, from the drummer, or, or they, you know, they throw a pick, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, I got, you know, insert drummers here, drumsticks, and this is the greatest thing ever. But they will beat each other senseless. We've seen it. I think this is most common in ballparks, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to foul balls, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe there's a cracked bat or a corked bat or anything like that, and it kind of goes all the way back into the the foul zone where there's no netting, you know, or even yeah, you've even seen fans just jump onto the ballpark themselves and get the ball just because they feel obligated and they feel entitled to. So, yeah, I do think that there needs to be some sort of like regulations or something like that. (laughs) Like, like something needs to happen though, because it's, it's getting nuts. You've seen this, and but, all sports. But is that just kind of a part of the price that you pay to go to the game? I mean, that's just a, that's the realistic possibility of, that could happen if a ball ends up in your way. I mean, you want it so bad. I mean, you could get you could get seriously hurt. Obviously, yeah. you could oh, die. Absolutely. I mean, there Brittany uh, Cecil back in 2002, and I remember covering this story. She was a hockey fan who died from injuries when a puck was deflected in the stands. It stuck, struck her in the left temple uh, at Nationwide Arena at Columbus, Ohio. So they were playing, uh, the Blue Jackets were playing the Calgary Flames. It was an early uh, birthday gift for her 14th uh, birthday. She, you know, was struck. She died. And that's why all the netting, that was, you remember when the league put all the netting up to, you know, better protect. Like, I remember that clearly there are people, though, and I'm not necessarily saying that I'm one of them, but saying, hey, you know what, this mom, she unnecessarily put this kid in harm's way. I once like I said, we don't we don't necessarily know her situation, right? I, I, I get it, though. I absolutely get it. You know, you want to. You, or rather, you don't want to put your kids in harm's way, especially when they're a month old. They just 
were born and like you were saying earlier they have very soft heads they're very fragile mm-hmm. they're still you know their bones are still forming and everything like that like they are they are some very fragile creatures yeah. but at the same time though it's it's like well why why should a child prevent me from going to a haps practice getting out there and yeah and getting out there life, yeah right it's that whole thing like i don't know it's it's a fine it's a, it's, to take it to the hockey yeah game? exactly like what, what do you do like do you you know put a put a nice big blanket like one of those thick bulletproof blankets on the kid just to make sure couple kind of, of thing a couple of texts coming in this afternoon says why on earth is a one-month-old baby at a practice and then mom goes down to the glass to try to get a souvenir puck wow stay at home did the mom actually go down we don't know the if stairs? She went to, uh, down to to do that, or if it got because that would be kind of. You but know. here's the thing, though, Brandon. Obviously, I doubt that she was. How many people are out for a practice? Uh, quite a few. I oh. know that for a fact. Okay, see, yeah. and and I wouldn't know. I'm mean, you've seen the games. I wouldn't know that for. But you know, did it just get tossed up? Because like she could have got, did, you know, right? front row seats, and maybe the kids came down, or maybe some real hardcore Habs fans came down and wanted that puck. I don't even know if it was even yeah. signed by Subban or it was signed by anybody. It was just a tossed puck. I, I get the fact of if you're if you're a super fan wanting to take your kids there, and I've seen I've seen pictures of it at Rexall Place. You know, I have friends of mine who've taken their little ones, but not necessarily babies, but I've also seen them with their little headphones on so it doesn't hurt their ears and and, and, and that's good thinking. I think that's good thinking. Um I, I just... So where, where's the line, though? Like, there's a need to be, uh, like, an age gap? Like, you can't take your child to a public event if it's between uh, the New age of two. zero months and six months. Or maybe zero months and a year. Or zero months and 18 months. But, yeah, and, and again, it goes back to just... We end up in this world of, of regulating absolutely everything. There's rules, rules, rules. And to me, some of it would just be common sense. I'm not 100% sure if I would take a month old... To a hockey game. I wouldn't take a newborn or a baby to a concert either. I, I just wouldn't. And I get, I think, I mean, the baby's not getting anything out of this. This is for the parents. So this is the parents getting some sort of... Getting away. They're... they're well, I don't know if it's getting... Maybe they're yeah. stir-crazy. Who knows, right, from having a, a one-month-old baby. How about this one? Uh, this story boils down to three words. Darwin at work. Eddie says, and yet if this child had been injured on the way to the rink or on the way home, you'd hear nothing about it. You'd have to stick your nose into some other business. But in a car, let's say, in a car seat, so you're taking the proper protection, driving the kid to the the hockey arena, you would think that it's in the car seat. It's all strapped in there, all good to go. You're taking those precautions. I don't know. Is it a fluke accident? Just a fluke? I think this, absolutely, this is a fluke. But getting back to my point earlier, <laughs> there definitely has to be civility when it comes to stadiums and arenas across North America, for that matter. People will, they will dismantle each other mm-hmm. just for a ball or a bat or a hat or yeah. a puck. Or, you know, uh, how about that that one guy that went viral in Winnipeg? You know, it, the the Winnipeg player, the Winnipeg Jet player went through the glass Right, so shattered glass everywhere. But a fan took the opportunity for all the shattered glass to grab the Winnipeg Winnipeg Jets player's helmet, and then he wore it. (sighs) You know, like, so there definitely has to be civility, right? But that super fan thought thought of it as an opportunity. I could get a game-worn helmet 
today, like right off the right guys now, yeah, after he just smashed into glass and there's glass everywhere, all over everybody. It's not responsible. This is from Jazz. It's not responsible. It's selfish. Your baby is one month. If you wanted to go out, then make arrangements for its care so it's safe and sound. You can't even stay still for a month. That's from Jazz this afternoon. Uh, Ian and Chisholm says, Good Lord, if a parent has their child in their car and they exceed the speed limit, are they endangering the child? It's a freak event. Stuff happens. And... I'd I'd have to agree with that. It just it just happens. Yeah. And the fact that it was a like a freak accident, it was tossed. Yeah. Some other kids just kind of you know smacked it down, spiked it down, and it it sucks. But I don't think it should deter yeah. anybody from having a social life just because you have a child. No, no. Well, I'm still just a little torn. I I guess I would just be a little leery of having a a really young one or any kid really, you know, at a hockey game. I understand wanting them to be there and be a part of it all. But at one month old, they're not getting anything out of this game. Um, She's not asking for anything. The mom is is good. She just posted on, on Facebook. She's not saying that anyone's to blame. She doesn't want anything. So, but because the... It involved a baby well, and a professional a hockey team getting too. a concussion, yeah. being knocked unconscious, right? And I think also another thing, too, is that this isn't the first time that the Montreal Canadiens this season have been in the news for a puck going into the stands. Mm. Uh, P.K. Subban, yeah. uh, he shot a puck into the stands during a game, not tossed, but during a game, and somebody got injured. Somebody got hurt. A, uh, I believe it was another child i not 100 not 100 sure if it was a girl or a boy how old they were but another child got hurt at an actual game yeah and you know one of the um canadians uh, spokespeople said you know what moving forward the team is going to discuss the practice of soft tossing pucks to fans but there are no immediate plans to halt the tradition well why would you well, it happens everywhere it, and that's the thing but there would be some people that would say oh no this has happened we have to stop doing this but The amount of joy that that brings to young fans, to me, is just, it's so important. I mean, those memories that some of these young kids have leaving a hockey game after getting a puck from one of their favorite players um, will will be a memory for them for the rest of their lives. I have a memory just like that when I was four years old. So, like, it's, like, I will always remember that Leafs practice, not game, practice, that I went to. And it was by far one of the most mind-blowing experiences I've had as a toddler. Some more of your texts coming in this afternoon. I bet she had a toddler that wanted to go. Didn't say anything uh, in in the story about uh, a toddler or not. Stop it with the civility legislation. Yeah, I mean we just threw that out there. I mean, but I, not legislation, people, people but man, like uh, unwritten rules, you know. I know, but that's gone right out the window. Oh, of course, it, it, it's gone Especially right. Especially when the there's window. like a puck involved or there's something involved. Exactly right. right? If it's you're at the World Series, if I'm going to get there. something meticulous that I could take home from the game, absolutely, I'm going to take a souvenir with me. So, mom, how about staying away from the danger area where pucks are being tossed? No one else to blame unless her friends decline to knock some sense into mom. Wake up mom and friends. And then school bus driver says, Jalen, this baby probably needed to be nursed. And you know, in that case, you know, they oftentimes take them everywhere. Well, you can pump though and and do that. Curious to know a little bit more about what you think about this one. And again, it's, you know, some people are saying, you know, was this the right thing to do? Would you take a month old baby to a NHL practice 
and unfortunately the baby ended up with a concussion. Um, well, was monitored for con a concussion, knocked unconscious after being hit in the head of a puck that by a puck that was soft tossed over to some fans. Yikes! Let us know at six thirty, six thirty. It's two forty nine. The number here as well, if you want to um, dial us up, is four nine six zero zero six three. News when you need it, fun when you want it. This is the six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on six thirty Chad. Woo-wee, lots of text coming in on this one and on total opposite sides, either just saying, okay, you know what, get over it, it's a freak accident, or otherwise saying, like this one from Peace River this afternoon, seriously, part of making the decision to become a parent is temporarily setting aside social activities that could endanger our kids. And that was another question that kind of erupted from that conversation. When do you not, or when are you not allowed to do that? Like between six and zero months, six and three months, or zero and three months, zero and one year, you know, like when, when, when is a parent, a new parent allowed to have a social life after their child is born, right? <laughs> hey, Rob's on the phone. Rob, what's on your mind? Hi, I can't believe this. I am a Oil Kings Founder Club member. Mm-hmm. And I have four grandchildren, aged eight years old down to eight months old. My eight-month-old grandson, Liam, has been to at least a dozen Oil King games this year. I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old granddaughter that have been to numerous games over their lifetime. What it comes down to is being a responsible adult and keeping an eye on your kids and the situation at hand. If you go to a hockey game, you need to be watching the hockey game. You don't need to be texting. You don't need to be talking to the person beside you. And if things happen, like pucks coming over mm -hmm. the net or over the boards, you're there to the you're you're there watching your kids. That's like I can't get over. You got to be responsible. And I've you know we catch whether it's shirts coming out or no. the pierogi. <laughs> like, come on, you got to be able to take your kids and your grandkids wherever you want to go at any time. You know what, and, and you know what, Rob, I really appreciate you taking the time to dial us up and, and weigh in on this one because it's 50-50 right now with the texts that are coming in, people who are very much agreeing with what you're saying and then and other people just saying one month old to a hockey practice, you can't fix stupid. Well, you know what, whether it's a practice or a game, you need to be... Whatever the reason why that person decided to take their child to the game, number one, they got to be responsible and watch out for any sort of dangers that could happen. Yeah. So what, what, why, what the circumstances are, we don't know. So we can we can guess all we want. But number one, you got to you got to be watching out, right? You know, my eight my, my eight year old's not allowed to go to the washroom by himself at, at the Rexall when. His grandmother's there, but I let him go by himself. <laughs> I feel safe. But there's a lot of people that know us, too, about right? Being, it's, it's, it's about being aware. About being aware, being aware all the time. Yeah. You bet. Oh, you bet. Rob, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for taking my call. Take it easy now. It's 2.56 again. Lots of texts coming in. 6.30, 6.30. The 3 o'clock news is coming up, Brandon. Thank you for joining us for the last half hour. Coming in. No problem. Again. Uh, and, you know, we we'll might circle around to this one again. It's got people going.